0: Amen. Aren't you glad this morning that God is holding on? That he is good. Amen. Has he been good to you? I hope he has. I hope you see it. I know he's been good to you. And I just, this whole week is, this is just stirred in my heart that God is good. And man, I'm so glad you guys have tuned in. So glad you're a part of this with us. So glad you have joined us on this journey. I hope you're home this morning becomes that altar, becomes that sanctuary where the presence of God just moves in and covers you gives you a peace and gives you a comfort and gives you glory. His glory just falls and rests. And let's pray that this morning, can we? Jesus, you are good. Thank you, God, that your mercy is new every morning. So God, we rise this morning. God, and we join with the chorus of the saints as we lift up our worship and our praise to you because you are good. Lord, and we exalt you. We glorify your name. We praise you. God, we just exalt your holy name. We extol you, God. we look to your benefits, God. We lift up and we rejoice in who you are and we declare your goodness and we declare your worth and we declare your praise and we declare, God, that you are righteous and you are good and you are perfect and you are good to your people and you love us and your love pursues us and it chases after us and it comes in and it covers us like a blanket. It moves in like a fog. So God, this morning, God, where there is discomfort, God, be comfort. God, where there is fear, would you be peace? God, where there is this lostness and there is um, just people who don't understand or know, would you just move in, God, and be their wisdom, we pray. In Jesus' name. The signs, the roaring lion declared the grave
1: has no claim on me. Then came the morning. cross it is fair
0: Aren't you glad that the love of God chases us, it pursues us, it calls us. Aren't you glad that He stirs us in the night and he greets us in the morning? Aren't you glad for that? Man, I am. You know, just was reminded of the disciples as they were out on the, the boat and the storm is all around them. And it's just raging and, and
2: they're all, they're by
0: themselves. It looks like God has abandoned them. It looks like they're alone. And you can hear the the you know, in those moments that the enemy whispers in your ears. He tells you, he tells you lies, and he says God's left you. He's abandoned. You look where is he? And so the disciples are a little freaked out, and the waves are coming over the boat, and all of a sudden, on in the midst of the storm, here comes Jesus walking, and he looks out, and, and Peter has this bold evidence of faith that just comes over him, and he looks at Jesus, he says, he says, if you'll just say I can, I'll walk on the water, and so Peter asks, he goes, hey. Can I, can I walk out? Can I come out to you? And Jesus says, come on. And I kind of feel like that's us this morning and that's us in the midst of this is that Jesus is walking on the storm and he's just waiting for us to ask, ask him. Jesus, can I step out? Can I walk? Can I step into something new that, that you have in this moment? Can I, can I step into a new creative way of doing ministry that's never been done before? Or, or can I just step out into a way of loving my family that maybe I'm not comfortable with? Maybe I'm not used to. Can can I just step out into a faith I've never seen, a a peace that I've never had? So Jesus, this morning, we do, we ask, God, would you just let us step out of the boat? Give us that boldness of faith to step out, to walk into the unknown, to walk into the uncertain, to walk into the unseen, to walk not based on what we see, but based on faith that you've put in our hearts. God, and we thank you for that this morning. We love you. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, that you're good. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Man, we thank you guys for joining us this morning. We're gonna take a small intermission here and just take a break. Love on your family. Maybe pray with them right now and or go to the bathroom if you need to. All right, we'll see you in a little bit.
2: During this transition, I just want to remind you things of uh, things that's going on. Uh, yes, uh, the house is closed, but the church is still open. Um, on Saturdays at 4 o'clock, CC Kids, don't forget, every Saturday at 4, they are going live and they're doing worship. Same thing with our youth, Christ Chapel youth. Every Wednesday at 7 o'clock, they're going to go live too. That's me, of course. And I don't want you to miss out on all that. Everybody's invited to watch both of those services. And then also, listen, we're going to be doing Bible studies starting next Sunday, and we want everyone to tune into those Bible studies every Sunday night. Don't miss out on what we have going on. Love you guys as we transition.
0: Live, babe. there we go sorry technology you gotta love it right <laughs> <clears throat> we are so glad that you guys are, are with us today man we miss being with you guys uh, several of, we had a lot of people who tuned in to our Q&A uh, that seemed to go really well I think that's something we're going to look at doing again and continue to do on Friday nights at 7 p.m. Maybe if you missed it, uh, go and check out our Facebook group, our Facebook um, page, and you'll see it's in the videos posted there. Go watch that. It was a great time, very encouraging moment with our pastor. It was lots of fun, too. Um, And if you're worried about anything that that may be happening, uh, we've got a lot of things we're still doing. As um, Pastor Chris said, the church is still open. This building may be closed, but the church is still open. And there's a lot of things we're doing. We've moved a lot of things to online. Um, but more importantly, you're the church, and what you do in your home matters. And we want to resource you with that. We want to help you with those benefits. And have you seen, um, there's been Bible studies that have been pushed out that you could do lead your, your house in a Bible study. Um, we're going to be taking communion next Sunday, and so we're going to send out some instructions on that. Um, the, our children's pastors um, have been sending out stuff to you, Pastor Stephen, Pastor Amy have been blitzing. I know they have been blitzing you guys with stuff to do for your kids. I know um, they're, they're doing some school, but this is a great opportunity for you to get to be the parent and teach your kids. And so please don't miss that um, and tune in. If you want to know what's going on, you can look on our app or Facebook. Those are our two primary sources of communication. And so those are open for you, and we want to continue to make that available to you so you know what's going on. Um we're going to jump into the word this morning. I'm going to read out of Matthew chapter 16. Um have you noticed Pastor John is not with us this morning? He is okay. His health is good. Um so don't worry. He does not have uh anything that keeps him from being here other than three small children and he wanted to be able to do worship with them this morning in his home the same way you are. And it's a beautiful thing because he gets to do church how you're doing it this morning. And that's going to make him better connected to how you're doing church and how you're experiencing this. And so, um, Pastor John, we love you. Uh, I miss seeing your face this morning, but I know that you're with us in, uh, in, in every way that you can be. So we love it. Um, two weeks ago, Pastor John spoke on the storm. And he, he read uh, out of the, the Gospels where the, 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 go- the disciples are crossing over the sea. And the storm is raging and Jesus is asleep in the boat. And they kind of make this accusation to Jesus that, don't you care what's going on? And in that, we see that Jesus responds back to them, and he he says, why are you so afraid? Have you no faith? And the interesting thing is Jesus doesn't rebuke his disciples as much as he rebukes the storm. Uh, he, He tells the storm to be still and be quiet. But he looks at the disciples and says, why are you so afraid? And, you know, in that, we learn that courage isn't the absence of fear but it's the confidence in something greater. And Jesus was looking at his disciples and saying, like, why are you afraid? You have something greater that's with you. Like, you don't have to be afraid in this moment because something is greater. It's the confidence that someone has to jump out of an airplane. I mean, some of you would think, why would you jump out of a perfectly good airplane, right? And, you know, there's people who do it all the time. And the thing is, this courage becomes addicting. It becomes like a drug in a sense where this adrenaline begins to pump inside of you and it fills the gap of this void. It overtakes any fear that you may have and causes you and pushes you to do that. And so here is the disciples with Jesus and he looks at us, why are you so afraid? And then last week he he spoke about the purposes and the plan of God, that they are still at work and that God is not taken by any circumstance. He's not taken by what's going on in our lives and our situations but he is on the throne and he's still in control and in that you know he has uniquely wired each one of us and he has uniquely placed each one of us and he's put in you your personality and your characteristics and who you are your makeup and why you tick the way you do and and why you have things that frustrate you the way they do and (laughs) somehow the buttons that you have that people get to push you know he's wired those and you have those and he's uniquely placed you in your place of business and in Macon and in this church body. And he's done all those things because of it's part of his master plan. And so this week, I want us to take these two ideas and put them together and take a look at what they are in a practical expression. And that through the act or our engagement of faith, that we have a new confidence. That we have this confidence that overtakes our fear. We have this confidence that overtakes any situation because our confidence is rested in Christ. And we have this expectant faith in us. I, I hope you've experienced it these last couple of weeks. I know I have, that I feel this faith that's rising up in me, and it's been stirring in so many conversations I've had with, with other people during this time. You know, I feel like um, I've probably worked more these past couple of weeks than I have before. Uh, <laughs> I just feel like I'm putting in so much extra time. And I know a lot of our staff feels the same way. Uh, because most of our time now is spent in direct communication with people, which is probably what we should have been doing more of to begin with. But it's cool. Is like there's this new faith that seems to be rising up in me that that makes me look to heaven and go, "Oh, Father, like what do you have that's next? Like you've got something planned, and I want to be expecting, and I want to be aware, and I want to be looking toward that thing. I don't want to be caught up in the fears and." The chaos that's going on around me, I want my eyes to be looking to heaven for what's next. Because I know you have great things for us, and you have a plan. Ephesians 3.12, Paul kind of puts it this way. He says, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Like, we have access, and and we have a boldness to take that access, and we have a confidence that's rising up in us, and it becomes our new strength, and it becomes our new foundation. It becomes the new energy that's at work within us to push us forward. And so we've kind of read through that, and this morning, as I, I know this next week we step into Easter, and this is kind of um, new for me. I, I've... I've just been wrestling and, man, broken with this idea of like we don't get to do Easter and, and our gathering like together. Like we don't get to, to do that. And, and you know, I've been thinking maybe of getting with my neighbors in the cul-de-sac and doing something. We've thought about maybe just going out on our, on our lawn, you know, Easter morning do a sunrise service. It might be pretty cool. I don't know. we've been thinking about some different things, and maybe you can think through, too, but the beauty is is we're still going to be here preaching the gospel. And we're still going to be telling you about Jesus' love. And we're going to still remind you of the cross and what Jesus paid to take all that away from us. All our sin and all our junk. And in Matthew 16.3, right before Jesus goes in through this moment, we read these words. He says, uh, Matthew 16.33, if you're there. I am in the wrong thing. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Matthew 17, 33 sorry, is that right? No why do I have the wrong, oh man <laughs> Jesus is speaking and this is right before he um, goes to the cross and it's actually not in Matthew, it's in John, sorry I don't know why I had this wrong Matt, and it's in John verse sixteen, chapter 16, verse 33 he says this I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace and in the world you will have tribulation, but he says this key phrase, he says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And that's what I want to talk this morning about. I've titled my sermon, Take Heart. And, you know, it's, if you look at what this word means, to take heart, it means that um, in this that we don't have to be bound by our fear and circumstances because it's to have one's confidence and courage or happiness boistered. It's to be lifted up, it's to be elevated, and so Jesus says, I've said these words to you so that you may take heart, so that you may be encouraged, that you may have your confidence raised, that you may have your happiness bolstered, and then Jesus goes into this, what is labeled as the high priestly prayer, and it's a full chapter of him talking with his father in his prayer for the church. And Jesus begins to pray for his disciples and the disciples that will come, and in, Chapter 17 verse 11 I want to skip there. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit because there's a lot to read, but you can read it later. And in verse 11, this is what he says. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I'm coming to you, Holy Father, keep them in your name which I have given them, which you have given me, that they may be in, be one, even as we are one. And so in this moment in this prayer we see three things that Jesus is praying that the faith that the faith in him would produce. And I want to touch base on that this morning and then I want us to look at what that means practically as we walk these things out. You see Jesus is praying that this faith would produce a oneness in us. In verse 11 we read that that he prayed that we may be one as he and his father are one. And then in the book of Acts and then later on through the the writings of Paul, we see several times where the church begins to live this out. And in Acts 4.32 is one of the probably most common and biggest examples that we have, which says, now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. And no one said that the, anything that they belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And there began to be this motion and this thing that moved among the church where People began to take their possessions and sell them. Or they began to share their resources with other people. Like the body became united, not only just in their resources, but in their heart, in their attitude, in their prayer. And they became one body. And that was Jesus' prayer. That the faith in him would ignite oneness in them. And we saw it happen. And that prayer still extends today. And the second thing we see that Faith produces in us is the evidence of God's love for all mankind. In chapter 17, verse 20 through 23, he says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's you and me, church. That they may may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you have loved me. His prayer is not only that we would be one, but that one that was, would lead us to the evidence of God's love for all mankind. So that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you loved me. Colossians 3, 12 through 14, Paul's writing to the church and he says this, above all things, he goes through a lot of, uh, just a list of things and he says, above all things put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. Paul got this revelation this understanding of this oneness that leads to love as well. You know, in this moment of being spread out and separated, we're still one. We're still one church. We're still one body. And the third thing that this faith produces in us is a revelation of his glory. In verse 24, we see this. Father, I desire that that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am. To see my glory that you have given me because you've loved me before the foundation of the world. You see, his prayer is that we would see his glory. That we would be with him. To have the love of God in you. You know, and as I think about these things, as as I think about this prayer that Jesus prayed for, it, it really caused one idea to my mind. And it makes me think of this. And it makes me think of this idea of Hospitality. Because as I read through this, I see a God who's been hospitable. I see a God who shares his resources, that he shares his character. The greatest resource that heaven has is the unity and the oneness. And Jesus wants that same experience that he has with the Father to be shared with us and 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 to be in the midst of us as a church. And he wants that oneness to generate a love and to express a love. And he wants us in that to be able to step into his glory. And this looks like hospitality to me. You know, there's an opportunity to the church that we have. And we have this now more than any other time, I believe. And if we step into this, it's going to look practical. And I want us to kind of look through some practical things this morning as we look at the opportunity the church has to be hospitable in all things. And if you look at what this word hospitable means in this idea, you know, it, it's not what Martha Stewart would show us as hospitality. You know, hospitality is not owned by Better Harms and Garden. In fact, hospitality is an idea that comes from God. It's the opportunity to show benevolence or good to those outside our circle of influence. You know, Hebrews 13 1 through 2, it's, it's, he, he, the author here commands us to take every opportunity to show hospitality. And so, church, is that who we are as a people? Do we let the hospitality that we've seen from God move through us? You have 1 Timothy chapter 3. Paul writes to Timothy, who's uh, taken on this church, and he's the leader of this church, and he, he basically tells him what the qualities of an elder are. And I don't know if you've ever read through that or looked through it, but it's quite interesting in the midst of that, not only does an elder need to, you know, to have a good home, to be able to, to be good with his finances. Not only does he need to be able to teach the word, not only does he need to be of good character and solid foundation, but Paul puts in the midst of this that he needs to be a person of hospitality. This is so important to God and it was so important to the early church that Paul would look to Timothy and he says, That has to be a characteristic in your elders. Your leaders have to be hospitable. And so what are some practical ways in which we can do this and live it out? And some of these may seem easy, but sometimes I think we forget. First of all, I'd say greet everyone, (laughs) especially those who are of the household of faith. Like, yeah, we should be people who are very welcoming and very greeting, especially in this moment right now. This is a time the church gets to shine. I don't know if you've been to the grocery store. It seems like most everybody in the grocery store right now is angry, is mad, upset. They're frustrated, they're distancing, you know, they're, they're, they're pulling back, they're reserving, they're, they're not engaging. But I, th- I think that this is an opportunity for us as the church to greet everyone. You know, be a friend. Uh, this world is looking for friendship. This world is looking for people who will be friendly with them. And probably right now is the best time you'll ever get to meet your neighbors. I know in my neighborhood, uh, man, people have been walking the streets they have been exercising. They've been out with their family. They've been walking their dogs. I have seen more of my neighbors now than I ever have. In fact, I've seen neighbors I never knew existed, and they're out. And this is a time that we can be greet. we can friendly, we can say a hi, we can welcome them, we can meet them, we can get to know them. So be a friend. Make a friend. You know, it's, it's one thing to be a friend, but it's another thing to make a friend. This is a great time for us to do that. And then, then bring a friend. You know, it's one thing if we can be friendly and we can make friends, but when was the last time you invited your friends on your journey? And maybe there's not much we can do at this moment in inviting friends along, but if we will be making friends right now, then we will get those moments to bring them along later. The second application we can do is to engage people. C.S. Lewis writes this in his book, The Weight of Glory, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to read. It's a great read. But he says, everyone is eternal. There are no ordinary people. And you have never talked to a mere mortal. You see, he paints this picture and this idea that if you could see people as the way they really are, if you could see the, a, a, good, a righteous man for, as he really is, as God sees him, he says you would be tempted to worship him. Or, if you could see the ungodly as they really are, you'd be terrified. Like, we don't see just mere mortals. We don't see people as just ordinary. People are not just ordinary, for we are eternal. We're massed in this temporal body, but we are eternal. You know, there's another idea in this image that comes out of scriptures called the Imago Dei that we are created in the image of God, that every person is a light bearer. That's why, as believers, we hold to the sanctity of life. That all life is valuable. All life matters. All people of all colors, of all creeds, of, of all nationalities—they matter. Why? Because they're made in the image of their Father, and they're not ordinary people. And so, how do we do that? Uh, the easiest way is to begin to ask questions. You know, and you, well, people weren't going to talk to me. Have you tried it? I find it works very well. You start asking people questions. You know, when you see your neighbor, hey, hey, how you doing? How, man, uh, you know, how, how, you, how are you guys enjoying this time? You know, don't look to the negatives of what's happening, but how are you enjoying this time? Like, are you enjoying this time with your family? Has it really been good? Yeah. Like, so what did you do? You know, what was your job? All these questions you could begin to ask people. I'm, these are very practical things, but man, you would be amazed at the door that that would open to be chat with someone. You know, no one enjoys talking about anything else more than themselves. And if you get people talking about themselves, man, they are going to talk to you. And so engage people. Ask them questions. And, um, you know, it's, we, we used to do a lot of evangelism in the church. We used to do a lot of outreach. And I think um, in the midst of that, it kind of got weird. I, I don't know. It did for me. Anybody ever done any weird evangelism? Yeah, I did. And, and so... Um, like, I have this personality that causes me, like, if I don't like something, I just do the polar opposite. And so I like have this instant re- reaction where I jerk backwards. And, uh, and so there was a time in my life I had to really pray through, God, what does is, what is being on mission look like? You know, if I'm a person, I'm supposed to live on mission. You know, the great commandment tells me to go. If I'm supposed to be a person who's living on mission, what does that look like? And it took me a while to wrestle through that with God and let him rewrite that into my heart. And, you know, it's, um, it's interesting. If, if you're ever talking to someone, you just want to be able to get to the Lord with them. Um, there's this little phrase I challenge you to, to use. You just go up to someone and say, you know, I need to tell you about Jesus. When do you want to do that? Um, <laughs> you'll be surprised at the answers you get. But I'd encourage you, engage people. You know, and this isn't just about, you know, how's your life, how are your kids, all those things. But the goal of this is that we get opportunities to present the gospel with them. And I guarantee you, if you'll begin to open your life and be hospitable, if you'll begin to open your life and share who you are, you will find that the Holy Spirit will give you opportunities to share the gospel. The third thing I want to challenge you in is make dinner a priority. Man, it's been funny. I, 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 if you've noticed on Facebook, we've been showing some uh, little little clips of people's families. And I'm just going to throw in a plug. If you want to do that, um, send your, take your cell phone out. Make a video of you and your family. Introduce your family so the church gets to know you. And tell us, like, what you've enjoyed during this time. And it was funny. And you can send them to amy at christchapelmacon.com. So she's going to have, her hopefully, your inbox full of videos from you guys. But um, I don't know if you saw the one from Jake and Carla Cox. It was hilarious. he gets on there and he goes, oh, I have loved my wife's cooking. <laughs> and, you know, this is a great time that we get to practice this. It's probably something our families have lost. It's probably an art that we've seen pass away, but make dinner a priority. You know, this isn't a time that we should just all be on our phones texting to each other at the table, but make this a time that we engage each other, that we, we look at each other face to face and linger at the table, if you will. You know, I like to use this phrase, table well, because I, th- I think this is something as believers we should be doing Not only because it's good to do, because this is the example that God gives us. In fact, we see in the hospitality of God that he invites us to his table. In the 23rd Psalms, it says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In the story of uh, David, where he's looking to Mephibosheth, he invites him to his table. At the Last Supper, when Jesus gets his disciples, and he's bringing them in on the secret of eternity, he does it at a table. And in the final times, when Jesus comes back, he's taking us to a table. So church, do we table well? And the other thing I challenge you in is have a feast. I know right now times are difficult, but when this gets through this, this needs to be a priority of believers, that we feast together. You know, if you look through the Old Testament, Jesus commanded his people to observe the feast. He commanded them the party. I think sometimes in our staleness as Christians, we we get so hidden away in our little cultures and our little groups that we forget that it's the joy of Jesus Christ that he's wanting to impart in you. It's the joy of the Lord that's our strength. Church, we should be good at partying. You know, the uh, the the world has taken this from us, and the enemy has taken this idea and he's abused it. And he's used this as an opportunity for people to get lost in all kinds of brokenness. But do we feast well? Do we party well? Are you good at throwing parties? And the fourth thing I would encourage you in is share your story. Share your story. Um, man, I'll tell you, I, I learned this idea of hospitality not only through the Gospels and not only through reading through Scripture, but there was a, a man in my life who Man begin to show this to me well, and I got to meet this guy David Block. Um, you guys wouldn't know him. He, he's a guy. He's a musician, and he lives out in California. He was from California, and he was a typical California dude. He was just like, yeah, man, everything was just great. It was good. It was groovy. And he was just calm. He was all laid back, and he surfed when he was younger. Of course, everybody in California surfs, or either lies and tells you that they surf. Um. <laughs> But he was just this chill guy. He looks like Sting. I don't know if you ever saw him. He looks just like Sting, and he plays the guitar. It's hilarious. But I got to meet this guy, David Block, and um, it was funny. He, was an, he would probably not say that he was good at hospitality, but him and his family exuded it every time I turned around. And um, so I got to, meet, to know this guy, and he was a, a, a home appraiser. And so he would go out, you know, into these remote areas. This is when we lived out in Oregon. And he would say, "Hey, wait!" He would call me up and say, "Hey, wait! I'm going out to this place over here. It's pretty cool. It's a neat place. You want to go with me?" And I'd be like, "Sure, dude!" I would arrange my schedule and, and rearrange what I was doing so I could go with him and hang out. And several times he would do this, and I would get to go on these trips with him. And then he would he'd call me up and say, "Hey, man, we're we're over at my house tonight. You want to come over?" And so we'd go over to his house. Me and my wife would go over to his house, and he would open his refrigerator. He would open his home. He would open his 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 life to us, and, he would just invite us in, and there was no, nothing special about it. There wasn't anything we were doing, and we might sit out and, and you know, look at the fish in his pond or, or go look at the projects he was doing in his garage and different things and just talk and chat and hang out. Man, I began to learn what hospitality was from that man. And he said these words that kind of just stuck in me. He says, but when someone sees a broken person, they can't get away from it. It's attractive. And what he was talking about is our stories. Because each one of us, before we met Christ, were broken. We were a mess. We were wretched. And in the midst of that, Jesus pursues us and he chases us into our brokenness. And he restores us. And if you will share your story... And it's not about just how bad you were. No, that's not the point. The point is is that we've been redeemed out of that. And we've been taken from that. But there's something about a person who doesn't act like they've got it all together. A person who doesn't have all the right answers. A person who's not perfect. Who can sit and chat with another person who's not perfect. And go, you know what, I'm not perfect, but Jesus has been doing a work in me that's awesome. And so I challenge you in that, and I challenge you, can we do that as a church? Can we be that as a people who, someone who greets everyone? You know, it used to be a thing in the South, but I think we've kind of almost lost that. Are you someone who's willing to engage other people? Can you make dinner a priority? And will you share your story? Man, there's a simple way you can do that right now, is you can pull out your cell phone, like I said, and record you with your family You know, how has God been good to you during this time? That's a simple way you can do that. You know, other simple ways we can do that is uh, that we can begin to live this stuff out is, um, we talked about this in our Q&A Friday night, is that if you uh, will go onto our Facebook page, you'll see that there's a new group. It's called Christ Chapel Together, or it's just called Together. This is an opportunity that we as a church can begin to come together as they did in Acts 4.32 where it says they had one thing in common and they shared their resources. I Man, there are people right now in our church that are hurting, that need things. Some of them may just need to be a hello. Some of them may just be a warm greeting from someone else. I know uh, we had uh, a gentleman in our church who recently had open heart surgery and so he can't go to the grocery stores because he's too susceptible at risk of getting something. And so he's been having to order his his, uh, groceries through a pickup system, and he gets them. But the thing is, is there's a lot of things that he don't get through that. And so we had one of our men who was checking up on him and called him in and said, hey, how's things are going? He's like, man, I need some toilet paper. You got any? And so this guy was able to get him some toilet paper. You know, simple things like that. Man, there are needs in our church that we can meet. Maybe it's, you know, you've got... You can't get out of your house, but you need some medicine from the pharmacy. Maybe there's someone who can get out of their house who's willing to go do that for you. Man, this is a great opportunity for our church to post those things forward. And maybe you find yourself with extra, with a lot of something, and you want to share it. That's a great opportunity to share that. It's a great opportunity to put that out there. And so, if you will, go on there and and join this group. It's a private group, so what you put in there is going to stay to this group. But I challenge you and I encourage you to do this. If you've noticed, we're really jumping into this as our staff, and we've asked several of our men and women would you contact someone else? Man, if you have not been contacted by another member of our church during this time, would you be the initiator? Would you reach out? Call somebody, see how things are going, check on them. I'm telling you, man, during this moment, when you get that phone call or you get that text message, it matters, it means a lot. And so, Brooke, if you'll kind of come up and play for us as we begin to close and wind this thing down this, this morning. Jesus, before he goes to the cross, prays to his Father. His prayer is that the faith that his disciples have in Jesus Christ would result in three things. It would result in a oneness. It would result in the revelation of God's love and the revelation of Jesus' glory. Church, that's you and me. His prayer is that in us, that would be, that we would be one. Guys, this isn't something that we have to do. This is Jesus' prayer for us. This is what Jesus is doing in his body. And he's taken this moment. He's taken what's going on in our culture, in our society, and he's taking all these things, and he's pushing us, and he's shaping us into oneness. Would you jump into that? He's using this as a time and a place to reveal his love for his mankind. Man, (laughs) what greater time to be light in darkness. And he's using this as a moment to reveal his glory. I don't know about you, but I feel closer to Jesus. I feel like Jesus has been more evident lately for me than ever in my life. And these are some practical ways we get to do that as a church. Maybe it's as today at lunch or dinner when you begin to make dinner a priority with your family. Maybe you can talk with your family, like discuss with your kids, how do we do this? What are some ways that we can practically walk this out? Man, what's a way we can show love to our church body and to those outside of it? How can we be hospitable Bring your kids on board with this. Let them be a part of it. Man, you would do nothing more than thrill our children's pastors and our youth pastors' heart than to do that with your kids. (laughs) I'm sure they would love the headache of your kids coming to them going, hey, I got this great idea. (laughs) Now, I know they're probably going to be upset with me later for that. (laughs) Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your word that captivates our hearts. Thank you that you are making us one. Thank you that there's this confident expression of our faith is who you are. There's this explosion of your love that's taking place that you've asked us to be a part of. It's like the dad who takes his son to work with him. (laughs) God, you've asked us to come to work with you. So here we are in our boat in the midst of a storm and we look at you Jesus and we ask can we step out can we as a church can we as individuals can, can we step out so Jesus let us hear you say yes let us hear you call us let us hear that still small voice that does that in us Lord Jesus we love you and we thank you for your blessings and for everything you're doing in Jesus name pray these things. Amen.
2: Amen. Thank you, Wade, so much for challenging us to be the hands and feet of Jesus, even when we are in these times. It's amazing how we want to shy back as a church because of what's going on. We're a little anxious or nervous, but that is not how God wants us to be. He wants us to be bold in him and to represent him, be his hands and feet. Thank you so much. And church, thank you so much for being so faithful in your giving. I wanna give you an opportunity right now and just remind you that you can give on the Christ Chapel app. You can also um, you know, mail in your, uh, your giving there. We have several options. Um, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to give us a call. We will try to return that call. Don't hesitate to email us Um, or even Facebook, Instagram message. I used to tell my students even, don't, you know, if you have to do a smoke signal or some Morse code, don't afraid to reach out. We are here to speak with you and talk with you. Guys, we love you. Have a blessed and glorious day. In Jesus' name.